electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod, and I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today in our podcast, Meta Meltdown. The Facebook parent reported a rough quarter, and it's taking other tech stocks down with it. Bullish investor Kevin O'Leary is crossing his fingers. Yes, this is a horrific quarter. But I'd argue, if you listen to Zuckerberg's call yesterday, he really trashed his own stock. And I think it's setting up for quarters ahead where he'll overperform, hopefully. What worked for Meta this quarter and what really didn't, and what works for us as users. What are they called, the doom scrolling? Do you doom scroll? I think the point of TikTok is it's not doom scrolling, right? Isn't it just kind of distraction and silly stuff? Plus, the Women's National Basketball Association scoring the largest ever capital raise for a women's sports property. WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert. The next 25 years of the WNBA look very different, is a growth phase for us, and that's what these investors are buying into. It's Wednesday, February 3rd, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right after this. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. We're back with more Squawk Pod. The big story on Wall Street today, the meta meltdown. The Facebook parent unveiled a disappointing quarterly report to investors. And when I say disappointing, I mean really disappointing. It was a big miss. Slower growth, lower profit, a drop in daily worldwide users for the first time in its 18-year history, and its stock responded, falling over 20% in after-hours trading, eventually losing a fifth of its value in a matter of hours. When Meta starts trading on Thursday morning, right after that report, or today, if you're listening with us real time, it's worth less than half of Google Parent Alphabet. So what happened? Facebook said it's being hit by a combination of factors, including privacy changes to Apple's operating system, which could result in a $10 billion revenue hit this year. It also said inflation and supply chain issues are hurting their advertisers' budgets, and that people are spending more time on the Reels product of Instagram than on the more profitable newsfeed product. 
This rough day for Facebook comes at an unfortunate time for tech stocks. The tech-heavy Nasdaq was just about to turn things around for its best week so far in 2022, until this meta report. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin breaking down this volatile tech earnings season with Melissa Lee and Mike Santoli. What I can't figure out about this is for the past four weeks prior to earnings, all we did was sit around and say, it's the Fed, it's the Fed, it's the Fed, it's the Fed, it's the Fed. Then we get to this moment and then we sort of get in this like strange seesaw thing and as if like the Fed has nothing to do with anything. We've forgotten about that. And now we're back to both remembering that earnings could be real and the Fed could be real at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily in aggregate earnings are all of a sudden, uh, you know, in jeopardy for this quarter or next quarter. But it definitely shows you that what we thought we thought we kind of figured out that the post pandemic run rate for a lot of these digital businesses was a little bit slower. They pulled forward a lot of demand. There was these other issues when it comes to Facebook and, uh, and the other advertising related companies that maybe we thought were absorbed. And I think what we got is not necessarily. And they had valuations in, in the instance of PayPal that but got how much pretty do you think the, the Facebook? How much do you think the Facebook story is it an idiosyncratic story? Meaning that there are some very idiosyncratic issues taking place at Facebook, which seem almost divorced in terms of their spending, by the way, from what's happening out elsewhere. Yeah. Some of it is idiosyncratic, but some of it is going to be felt by the others, as we've seen. I mean, we mentioned at the top the social fallout. You're seeing in shares of Snap, certainly this morning, Twitter, and likewise, because the impact of IDFA or the changes to the iOS operating system and how right. companies are able to target ads. And so some of it is a Facebook-specific story in terms of the shift within its apps to a lower monetization rate because of Reels. They're going more towards the short-form video, which is, of course, the trend you know, with TikTok, et cetera, and YouTube. Um, so there's that sort of business model shift that's happening that's that's weighing on it. Uh, but then there's also but this larger was always the most industry issue. Right. Well, but I was always going to argue Facebook would tell you and I think it, it, Facebook and Snap were always the most exposed to mm -hmm. the changes in the iOS operating system. That was clear. Twitter, for example, and this yeah. is the other part I don't understand. Twitter wasn't actually that exposed to this problem. And yet Twitter shares yeah. are getting hit. Well, the As other piece the of it, the, the other piece of it, and I think this is another one of the jarring aspects of Facebook's report, was that they do cite macro factors, which is mm -hmm. that their advertisers, marketers, small and medium-sized businesses, maybe even large ones, have margin squeezed. They're dealing with cost pressures, and Supply advertising is always issues. an easy thing to, to, you know, to cut back on. And so there's a macro aspect of it. It's not the main story, I don't think, but um, I think it's a, absolutely a combination of all these things that they threw into this one quarter. And yeah, we're several quarters into dealing with the, you know, the privacy settings thing on, you know, on, on iOS and, and yet still. So Facebook said people are spending more time on its Reels videos instead of its more profitable news feed, all those things together. Andrew, you also mentioned the spending. And there's, there's two sides of that, I think. You know, this $10 billion in spending or losses uh, on the right. you know, non-core businesses, whatever the metaverse uh, efforts and the hardware stuff. But it also, because they're now separating that out, it actually spotlight how, spotlights how, how phenomenally profitable the core business is, even more so than people thought. Mm -hmm. It also spot, spotlighting how much they're losing on the metaverse and some of these sort of moonshot investing investments, <laughs> as you might call it, investing yeah. for the future. But you know, if it's a three billion dollar loss on that, uh, and you compare it to Google's, you know, one and a half billion that they lose on moonshots, you know, you, you all of a sudden have this stark comparison between these two. 
um, especially when their earnings are back to back and you're looking at valuations and you're thinking which one is the better bet, which one is actually giving you growth. If Facebook is saying we're going to see 3 to 11 percent Q1 revenue growth, 3 percent, that's not growth for a growth stock. Right. Are the company's best days behind it? That is the question in the morning. And joining us right now is venture capitalist and entrepreneur Kevin O'Leary. Also, Adam Segola is here, founder and CEO of digital ad firm Taboola. Good morning to both of you. Um, I'm going to start with Kevin. You have been a Facebook bull for a very long time. Is this, a, is this one of the great buying opportunities of uh, your lifetime or is this something else? Well, in a nutshell, I would say it is a buying opportunity. And so the answer is yes. And here's the way to look at it. This company has been public almost 10 years. I look at it from the point of indexing for sovereign funds and pension plans. About eight years ago or even seven years ago, it became a standard in indices. So not to, not to defend the stock of what happened in the quarter, but when you get indexed, you end up being three to six percent of a mandate. And you see this all over the S&P. You find Facebook in ETFs. You find it in sovereign funds. You find it everywhere because there's really nowhere else to get an aggregation of this many billion users in one equity. Now, here's the question. After all of this last night, and I must tell you, um, I was on a call with some investors in Europe and very late at night in, uh, in the Middle East because sovereign uh, funds own a lot of Facebook and they stayed up late for this. And we were all on a Zoom call and our phones were on mute, but they vibrate. I knew Facebook missed its numbers when I heard everybody's phone. There must be 21, 22 people on that Zoom were buzzing. And one of them actually went to the CNBC app and Wilf, the British guy, started talking all around the world. We were listening to this. And so we had a discussion about what happens next. For about 80 percent of them, they're going to average down. You're trading just under a 17 P.E. The company's missed its earnings. This is the third time in basically a decade. Every time that occurred, it was a buying opportunity. Now, if you believe that the world has ended and digital advertising doesn't matter and a billion users around the world aren't important and that geolocked advertising is worthless, then you sell the stock here. But I don't. I use this product in my small businesses every day. And yes, this is a horrific quarter. But I'd argue if you listen to Zuckerberg's call yesterday, he threw in every element of the kitchen sink. He really trashed his own stock. And I think it's setting up for quarters ahead where he'll overperform, hopefully. One last thought, the metaverse. By the way, you have to believe in a curated metaverse if you believe in advertising digital dollars, because I'm not going to be P&G or anybody else and stick my store beside a smoke shop or a porn shop. And that's what you're going to get in the unregulated metaverse. Zuckerberg owns the curated metaverse. That may be something to think about going forward. Hey, Adam, you, you, you believe that, uh, that Mark Zuckerberg threw the game, threw the quarter, threw everything at it here? I don't know. I have so much to say to what Kevin uh, just mentioned. Good morning, everyone. First of all, I think it's funny that they changed the name to Meta, which is really dead in Hebrew. But now that I think that's where they are, but I will say what I think. There's a fundamental um, change here to their business, which is around privacy and consumers and Apple. And that is something that I think is here to stay. And that is something we have to pay attention to. People are freaked out. They do not want to be tracked. Um, you know, I think as I think about my kids who are four, when they'll be 20, they will be shocked. There used to be a time that companies monetize consumers tracking and identity. Much like to us, it's shocking that people used to smoke in flights. 
So I think, you know, there's a huge opportunity for advertising uh, in the future, especially on the back of a pandemic. We're buying more. We're used to buying from home. We're trying new things digitally. So I'm very bullish on advertising. Only, I think the future will belong to companies that are mainly using context as a signal. And that relates to companies like Google for search. What am I reading on the open web? Uh, Amazon, what am I buying? Those things are the things that I believe will drive huge growth for advertising. Uh, Adam, I know that people are going to say you're talking your book, but let me ask you this. You look at Facebook, you look at like a Reels kind of feature or even a TikTok. Do you believe fundamentally the way those products work, it's harder to integrate advertising into them and still have the functionality and value proposition to the user? I think it's harder, but I don't think it's the main gap they have. They'll figure it out. They'll figure out ads. You know, when they launch stories, eventually they made money from stories. And when they launched the news feed back in the day, they, they, you know, Facebook has great people and they're very smart people. And I trust that when it comes to the formats of advertising on those experiences, they'll figure it out. TikTok figure it out as well as Instagram and Facebook. But the main things that I'm not sure they'll figure out easily is privacy, user tracking, and the lack of context which companies like Google, Amazon, and the open web have. Right. Okay, guys, I, I want to switch gears for a second because I want to ask you about, about Spotify. That's another stock that's cratering this morning. It is not down 22%, but it is down by more than 10%. Spotify and what has been described as the COVID misinformation concerns involving podcaster Joe Rogan. Uh, here's Spotify CEO Daniel Ek on the company's Q4 call. We don't change our, our policies uh, based on one creator, nor do we change it based on any media cycle or calls from anyone else. So you buy this, Mr. Wonderful? Do you, do you buy that this is a platform or are they a broadcaster? Music is a different business, Andrew. This is a commodity business. You have lots of competition from Google and Apple. Spotify made a pivot a couple of years ago into podcasting, which has issues because the more controversial you are, as in Rogan's situation, the more you aggregate users to listen to it. And at the same time, you could alienate some of your platform uh, content. And that's happened with Joni Mitchell. The no, we know the story of that and Neil Young and now Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young as last night. But frankly, I must tell you, I've had a chance to meet with the management in New York of this company. They run by a dashboard system. They aggregate data very successfully. They know by the minute who's listening to what and for how long. And I would, you know, just speculate that frankly, uh, the amount of time spent on stars from the 70s is practically irrelevant. Not that I don't love that music, I do. But in terms of the context of the user base they're trying to monetize, it's irrelevant. So if Neil Young doesn't want his music on Spotify, frankly, who cares? And I don't right, think many the, users but care. But the question is when Taylor Swift and Adele and Drake, if they ever raise their hand and say, you know what, I got a problem with this, all of a sudden Spotify has a problem. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, Andrew. They have management in place that looks at free cash flow. And at the end of the day, this is a major platform. So let, call me a skeptic, but I don't think this hurts Spotify at all. Whether it's a good long-term business yet to be proven. Hey, Adam, I want to speak to two issues. One is that on the podcasting side, part of the, the investment thesis for Spotify is not just a sub play, meaning a subscription play. It's actually an advertising play for them. And whether you think that they're going to be meaningful advertisers that are going to step away from podcasts. I think that they, they'll have a huge opportunity in advertising. <clears throat> in fact, I think every company that reaches millions of consumers 
at some point will consider tapping into uh, you know, the advertising space. We've seen it with real estate companies, with, we've seen it with food services. I think Tesla will eventually show ads in the car. So I do think they'll have a huge opportunity because users love their platform, they're engaged with it, and the advertising space is too big for them to skip it and, and not tap into that. While it's easy to dislike Facebook, it's not easy to dislike Spotify and Daniel. They're great. We love them. I do think they'll make a, ch they'll make a change. Um, it's one thing to put explicit on a four-letter song. Nobody's going to die right. from that. But anti-vax and, anti and mask and all those things, that can hurt people. That should go away. We're going to have both of you back, I'm sure, very, very soon. We appreciate it. I have a moonshot sort of other bets metaverse question, which is, you know, how investors actually are supposed to even think about those. Are they simply lottery tickets? Is that all this all is? Option. Is it more than that? Historically, over the last several years, when there have been new companies that have come to market, people have been very excited, actually, to invest in companies that make no money on the assumption that five or ten years from now that they will. I don't know. I, I, I find it fascinating. I also find it fascinating that Mark Zuckerberg basically about six months ago decided to go public with what these, quote, other bets really are and what that lottery ticket looks like. And the question on a morning like this is, does that mean that people are now betting against that or is this something else? I, I, have, I, mean, I happen to believe that they've almost written off the metaverse from the get-go as, as a, just a straight-up lottery ticket and that what you're seeing in the market this morning is actually much more a function of the here and now. Well, I, I think that's probably right, but I, I think lottery ticket's probably the wrong way to think about it. Probably metaverse, in my view, is just this catch-all for whatever comes next. Whatever kinds of platforms might be replacing the stuff that we make all of our money on. One of the reasons, I mean, the heavy spending, and, and I think people are a little bit confused by exactly what uh, that money is going toward, and the name change, if it conveys the idea that this is a bet the company type of thing, or we actually feel as if our core is enough in, uh, in jeopardy that we have to you know, make these bold kind of risky bets, then that's not great because Facebook ended up in the hands of a lot of value-oriented investors because it did look like a reasonable valuation. And those people are going to be saying, buy back a ton more stock. You're like, don't, don't, don't talk about tomorrow as much as you are right now. And I don't think that really jives with the culture right now at, uh, at Facebook. I think if the here and now were much stronger, Andrew, then you would get a little bit more of a pass on the money right. that you lose on Metaverse. And that would be seen much more as a call option on top of a strong business as, a as opposed to a call option on a business that seems to be faltering right now. And certainly we've seen Facebook go through transitions in the past. We've seen it with you know, the mobile transition. We've seen it with the move to stories, for instance. Each time they've come out stronger in terms of revenue growth. But this is not necessarily the time right. to do that in this environment. Right. Well, I think it, well, it's a moment. It's a moment in time. But it's also I think there's a technological transition. You talked about stories. They nailed mm -hmm. the stories piece. They're yeah. not nailing the reels piece. And you heard Mark Zuckerberg on the call effectively say that. TikTok is so big as a competitor already and also continues to grow at quite a fast rate off of a um, off of a very large base. So that, that, you know, to the question that, that was asked before around, is there anything that's going to make it so that we, uh, it takes us longer to, to kind of get to where we want on this, it is that, you know, even though we're compounding extremely quickly, you know, we also have a competitor that is, that is compounding at a, at a pretty quick rate too. Reels looking a lot more like TikTok and obviously a lot less advertising in that as you're living through, what are they called, the doom scrolling? Do you doom scroll? That's what you do. It's a, it's a very 
sad act. I, I think I the point of TikTok is it's not doom scrolling, right? Isn't it just kind of distraction and silly stuff? I now, but my, I find myself doing it with reels. The, I do it with reels myself a lot, but what I find myself note watching are basically TikToks from a week old. <laughs> Next on Squawk Pod, the WNBA scoring its first ever capital infusion. So what's next? Commissioner Kathy Engelbert. We have opportunity to kind of blow up our digital footprint. And basketball legend and now investor, Swin Cash. Want to move this league forward. I hope that in five years, my niece who is now in high school can be dreaming and thinking about her opportunity in the WNBA. We're back right after this. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod today with Andrew Ross Sorkin, Melissa Lee, and Mike Santoli. And me, I'm Cameron. Here's Andrew. We have some news this morning. The WNBA announcing its first ever capital raise and the largest ever for a woman's sports property, Nike. Longtime strategic partner of the WNBA making a, quote, significant equity investment. Investors also include Michael Dell, Condoleezza Rice, Karen Feynman, Lauren Powell Jobs and Joe Tsai join us right now to discuss what this means for the future of the league is WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert, also WNBA legend Swin Cash, who is also an investor. Good morning to you both. Uh, congratulations, uh, Kathy. This is the first time uh, you have you have done this and taken outside money. What led to it and what are you planning to do with it? Well, Andrew, thanks for having us on this morning. This is significant moment for the WNBA. Um, we're, we're trying to fuel the next stage of growth for us, um, having a great group of strategic investors and outside investors step up and believe in the future of the WNBA. And like Nike, like you mentioned, Michael and Susan Dell, Secretary Rice, um, some of the existing WNBA and NBA owners you see on the list, and of course, our former legend, Swin Cash. So we've all seen the reports that less than 5% of all sports media coverage and less than 1% of all sponsorship dollars go to women's sports. So access to this capital, as you know, Andrew, when you're trying to grow a business, is really going to help us move the needle. And when you think about growing the business, what does that look like? Swin, and I'm, I'm curious, when you think about the league, obviously uh, the players, the players' unions has wanted to, uh, was wanted to increase the number of teams. Uh, there's obviously the marketing uh, side of it. What are you hoping this all looks like five years from now? 
Um, what I'm hoping it looks like five years from now is a sustainable future. Um, I think that Kathy has an amazing vision. I think the women of the WNBA and the WNBPA um, are, you know, hand in hand, lock and step and want to move this league forward. I hope that in five years, my niece, who is now in high school, can be dreaming and thinking about her opportunity in the WNBA. So that's why it's important for me not only to be an investor in this, but for people to see outside investors are great and that's important. But the women who have also helped build this league, it's important for us to stand alongside uh, this next generation. Kathy, what do you plan on doing with the money? What will that money enable you to do with the NBA? And, and how do you view these outside sh uh, investors? Are they shareholders in effect? Are they giving you input on, on what you should be doing? Yeah, the outside investors are strategic, absolutely input advisors, you know, get a different look about how the landscape is changing around whether it's media, around whether it's how the corporate sponsors will come in and support uh, the women. And really where we're going to use this money, use of proceeds is we have uh, so much opportunity to globalize the game expansion. We have opportunity to kind of blow up our digital footprint and, and think about what direct to consumer means as all sports properties are thinking about that. So it's really a lot of growth initiatives, sports betting, innovation, optical tracking. So there's a lot of things we're going to use this capital for and grow, really ultimately marketing our stars into household names, both here in the U.S. and globally and ultimately building those rivalries, making our compelling content something to watch and, and something not to miss. Well, Kathy and, and Swin, I, that's the, I think that's the central question, which is what is the tipping point? Obviously, oftentimes uh, basketball or any sport, uh, men get compared to women. And the, and the question in the, in the game of, of basketball is how do you get the women's league to effectively get I wouldn't even say parity, close to parity in terms of just even the, 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 the mind share of the public. What, what you think that ultimately requires and do you think it's possible? Yeah, I absolutely think it's possible. And again, we're not trying to necessarily compare ourselves to leagues that have been around 75, 100, 105 years. We just had our 25th anniversary. So what we're trying to do is grow and get an economic model, as Swin said, that is sustainable for the future and that the next 25 years of the WNBA look very different is a growth phase for us. And that's what these investors are buying into and seeing the vision for is this is a growth property. It is a real sports and entertainment property. And coming from a long career in business, when I came in, I said, we're not being treated like a real business. And that's what we're trying to affect now with this access to capital. It's really important. Um, that we understand the NBA also had a growth process. And I think in today's society, we expect for everything to happen right now. Um, but you have to have execution. You have to have a vision. And sitting in the room that I sit in now, and obviously with the New Orleans Pelicans, um, it's important for us day to day thinking about the sustainable future of the team and, you know, of, of the league and all of that in general. But I think we have to keep in mind where the WNBA is now and how we keep moving forward is going to be by people enjoying the product that it is. It has the best women in the world playing the game of basketball. It is entertainment. It is fun to go to the game. It's fun to see these women engaging on social media. They have a platform now. They have a voice and they're using it. Swin, so do you think it's fair when people compare the games? 
Yeah, you know, Andrew, basketball is basketball, right? But I think it's unfair to compare the WNBA where it's at right now to the NBA where it's at right now. I think that's the comparison that, that we don't like. And I tell people this all the time. You need to go to a WNBA game, watch a WNBA game, and then you can think about whether you like the product or you don't. Um, I'm not saying everybody has to love them as basketball, but I do think that there is a mindset out there that it's easy to just, and it's lazy also too, to just say, okay, the women aren't like the men. No, if you love basketball, you love the game, get out there and watch people compete at the highest level. Absolutely. Uh, Kathy and Twin, I uh, want to congratulate you. We, uh, we look forward to following your progress throughout and uh, look forward to having you back soon. Thanks. Thank you. That's the show for today. Thank you for listening, as always. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears. Listen and follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.